and welcome to the BS with Friends podcast, a subsidiary of the Bader and Simon Gallery scheduled to open in Cincinnati, Ohio in early 2025. I'm your host, Tamara White, founder and board president of Bader and Simon. In this podcast, we will discuss art, social justice, and well, basic BS with friends. Our approach is a bit lighter and irreverent, and as a warning for those with young ones nearby, there is a chance that colorful language might be used from time to time. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the episode. Jonathan Carver Moore is the founding director and owner of the eponymous contemporary art gallery, Jonathan Carver Moore. The gallery specializes in working with emerging and established artists who are BIPOC, LGBTQ+, and women. As the only openly gay black male-owned gallery in San Francisco, Jonathan is committed to amplifying the voices of the often underrepresented artists through a black queer lens. He has a master's degree in public relations and a bachelor of arts in sociology and women's study from the George Washington University in Washington, D.C. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'd like to start by just having you share with us the story behind your gallery and what inspired you to open it. Well, I opened the gallery early this year, March of 2023. And to be honest, Sammy, it was a labor of love and something that I've been thinking about for quite some time. Prior to opening, I was working at a Bay Area Arts Museum. And prior to that, I was working at a criminal justice foundation in California for about five years. While I really enjoyed the work that I was doing in the social justice and criminal justice space, I often found my need in wanting to have a, a bigger creative community. Um, so I would find myself on the weekends, you know, traveling to different artist studios, open studios, visiting different galleries, you know, going to various dinners and talking to artists. But there was something that was missing. And I found that even as a collector, an early collector, I just didn't see people like me behind the scenes in the art space. And while I would often see a lot of artists that maybe look like me in galleries and being represented by various gallerists, there was something that was missing and I wanted to fill that void. I would actually say that it was in 2019, I had gone to visit my partner's family in Ottawa and we were at the Ottawa Art Gallery. And that was the first time that I had seen one of Zanelli Maholi's images in person in a museum. And it was something about that image that just captured my attention. And I felt like it was the first time that I actually saw myself on the wall in a museum. So that being a, you know, a gay Black man, a gay Black man with dark skin, it just, that image resonated with me and it just took off from there. I left Ottawa uh, about a week later after the holidays and I decided to start something called Educated, which was like me putting the word art together with educated. And I would teach myself about art via my Instagram post. So for example, if I didn't know what an artist proof was, I might find an image and then write out what the definition of an artist proof is in the caption, but then share that image as a way to help me learn visually. And I started gaining traction in doing so. And I'd actually reached out to Maholi and explained what I was doing, who I was and how it started. And Maholi granted me an interview. That was in February of 2020. And it just took off from there. You know, we were all at home during the pandemic. You started thinking a lot about what you're doing with your life. And, you know, maybe you could see doing something differently. And I really wanted to become someone that was solid in the creative space. So I worked on Archicated for a little over a year. And then when we all went back to work, 
I really started thinking about what my life could look like if I was working in a creative space. And that's when I applied to a position at a museum. And while that was great, I noticed that I think I could have done a little bit more being on my own and having a gallery because I just often was shopping around different artists and almost acting like this liaison between the artist and a collector, but not realizing it could really be a job for me. And then I left the museum last August, went into contract for a space and built this out and opened in March. Yeah, it's incredible how the trajectory of you setting your mind to this and then seeing it realized. And I also just want to, for our listeners, uh, Mahali, who you're referring to is the South African photographer, Zanelli Mahali, who I know that you've really become close with and worked with. And so I'll just jump ahead in my questions and and because I was going <laughs> to ask if there were any particular artists or works that you feel strongly connected to and you'd like to discuss. And I think that they are one of these individuals. Yes, of course. So, I mean, Maholi yeah. has a huge, has been a huge inspiration for me. And even in our personal conversations that we've had, Maholi helped me understand my own value in the space of the art world. You know, Maholi came last July to visit San Francisco to do an artist talk at the Museum of African Diaspora. And after almost four years, that was our first time meeting in person because, you know, we've been all in the pandemic and people have lives and they travel. But the embrace that we had with one another and the understanding, because in those amount of years that time had passed, we spoke almost every single day via WhatsApp or FaceTime and just talking about, you know, what's going on in South Africa, what were they were working on in Durban, what were they working on in Cape Town. And it's funny because I think about Moholy FaceTiming one time and they were working on their paintings. And these are one of the paintings that I think that belongs and someone I know who's on this podcast collection. So to know and see that I saw Moholy working on that throughout the pandemic and then to also now have a friend in you and someone who also appreciates and understands the art world and understands and wanting to share artists such as Maholi's work and have it so that other people can see it. It's even more special because I saw Maholi painting these paintings and then you have one of them. And I also got to travel to Boston to the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum when they had a show last spring, so spring of 2022. And I got to see that painting in person. Um, amongst many other paintings as well. But Moli has truly been such an inspiration. And, you know, their works and their photographs has always been about, you know, visibility for queer Black individuals. And then I think that it's extended past that because it's given me the motivation and the inspiration for me to want to do more in showing students as well as, you know, more established artists and then also working with emerging artists. So even at this current show that I have right now, Sani Bonani, which is Nelly Maholi in collaboration with Maholi Art Institute students, this is something that's really special because now I feel like I'm falling in love all over again with their work, their perspective, and the things that they're showing too. I didn't know that about the painting. That that sort of makes it even more special to me, having mm-hmm. it in my collection and knowing that you also were sort of part of the process. So that's how some of these things come full circle sometimes. And then in regard to the exhibitions that you curate for your space, how do you approach the themes, especially around blackness and queerness? And how do you go about sort of pulling a show together? Well, to be honest, you know, I am a black man. I am a queer black man. 
But I also really want to make sure this gallery has and gives a space to artists who may not necessarily look like me, but we have very similarities. We share similarities in our experiences. So for example, when I opened up in March, I opened up with Casey Jung, who is a photo sculpture artist. She is born and raised in Taiwan and then migrated to the U.S. And on the face, people may not necessarily think that we have so much in common, but the reality is we have a lot more in common than you think. Right. So like even the understanding and the assimilation of culture for her is very similar to me and having to assimilate as being black and gay and fitting in places that I may not have necessarily fit in before in my past and may not fit in today. But I wanted to make sure that there was a safe haven in a gallery where we could come to and we all can say and relate to the artists that we're looking at. So when I'm curating these shows, it's deeply personal. It's me wanting to fill a gap or a void where I think that artists just aren't being seen. And also for stories that we just don't hear enough about. I mean, I think there's obviously there's great artwork, you know, all throughout the world. But then I also think I love to hear a story that goes along with the great artwork. So I'm hoping that this space, being John and Carver Moore Gallery, is one where people can come and see that. I also curate based on things that I like and I would buy because I don't want this to be a place where I have to, it has to be a hard sell to you. I want you to come into the gallery and I want you to be able to just have a conversation, whether you are someone new to collecting or an avid or collector. I want everyone to feel comfortable at all various, at various levels here. And I think for me, the easiest way for me to do that in relating to individuals is showing artwork that I would say I would invest in this artist. This would be an artist that you would come to my house and you would see. And in doing so, then it's just an ease to me in speaking about the works and the individual. Yeah. And then each of the, you know, you talk about hanging it in your home because I do think it also elicits a conversation, you know, that it's outside of gallery walls. It's interesting to me to think about this stuff hanging in a dinner party where it might strike up a conversation about something that would not otherwise be brought up. And then you made a choice to open your gallery in the Tenderloin District in San Francisco, which has a reputation both as a tougher area, but it also has a history in trans resistance. And can you talk about why this location was important to you and how you're engaging in the community? Of course. Well, one, I moved here in 2016 and I've only known this neighborhood as home. I've lived in three different units in this neighborhood within a four block radius. I don't see it as the often regarded tougher neighborhood. I see it as a neighborhood that's more gritty, but I also feel like that's where arts lend themselves is to a gritty neighborhood. And I feel like if you don't have a tenderloin uh, in a major city, I don't know if you should really be considering yourself a major city. I also wanted to be in a neighborhood back to people that look most like me. San Francisco is diverse, but unfortunately, I think it's not diverse and that our neighborhoods are very segregated, right? And the Tenderloin is known for having, you know, a lot of community housing, a lot of shelters, places that may or places that treat people with drug problems or rehabilitation centers. But while that is all there, I also think that people, a part of this neighborhood, deserve to see art. I'm located on Market Street. You can't miss this gallery. There's all glass in the front. I wanted to be in a place where someone could look in and see someone that may look like them on the outside. And while I'm fortunate enough not to be a person that has been temporarily displaced, and I have a home to live in, and I have a gallery, I would hope that looking at this space 
from the outside in. I can invite you in so you understand that there's hope and inspiration too, just like I got that from Zanella Maholi. Being that I'm located in the first legally recognized transgender district in the world, that is something that is extremely important to me. I don't identify as trans, but I want to make sure that trans history is known. I think it's a great addition to the story and the space. I also think that there's just not enough said about the transgender community in more positive ways, right? So, you know, we have so many things going on with various states. And I think that having an art gallery and art and art is supposed to, you know, kind of push us forward and have us thinking in a variety of ways. I think that being in this neighborhood is something that just adds a huge layer to that. And that's why I chose it, to be honest with you. It feels even more important today than ever, you know, with God help us that drag queens, you know, read library books to kids, how threatening people seem to think that is. And so that's amazing. And I also think, you know, I used to volunteer at the Oakland Museum in Museum of California. And I was surprised at how many kids lived in the area that just had never been there. I mean, they even had free family weekends. And there's there's this history of who belongs in art galleries and museums and who does not. You know, just this underwritten social rule that falsely got thrown out there. And so I think it's incredible because I feel like what you're doing is shifting that narrative. You know, just like you said, having a space where people can look in and see themselves represented. And that's sort of one of my goals with Bader and Simon is it's going into an area in Cincinnati that's becoming more and more gentrified and people are feeling pushed out. And our whole goal is that that community is welcome with open arms and that they're represented. That is um, that is so important. And I should have mentioned you know, being that I'm in the Tenderloin, I'm a part of the Tenderloin Community Benefit District. And actually, the Tenderloin neighborhood is the most dense neighborhood with the amount of children all throughout San Francisco. So to me, that is something that's very important, too, because not everyone has access. And $20 may not be like a lot to you or I to go visit a museum. But if you're a family of four or a family of five, to be able to go into a space and have to spend $100 within walking through the door, and that's just to get into the museum outside of, you know, grabbing snacks... It's somewhat unattainable for a lot of people. So being in this neighborhood, and there's so many programs for children in this neighborhood, and I'm working on this also to build this in more into my programming. What is it that I can do as a gallerist? Because I'm not a community center, but I am a part of the community. But what can I do as a gallerist so that children can come into this space and see it? And it's free, you know? And then even partnering with neighboring businesses. I'm working on something with Square Pie Guys, which is a great pizza place in San Francisco. And we're talking about doing like fun pizza night, maybe one one time a month. But then giving kids and their parents an opportunity to come check out a gallery and then having pizza right after. So it's educational and you get fed. And it's a fun way to look at art. I really want to be that gallery in this neighborhood to make that happen as well. Because I do think that art changes people's lives and changes everything. And I do also believe, you know, if you look at if you can grab someone in an earlier age and give them opportunities that they may not necessarily have, who knows how we could change their life trajectory, right? And this also goes back to me and my past life of working for a criminal justice foundation. And I know that when children have things to do outside of school, they find themselves getting into less trouble. So if visiting a gallery is something that can help curve that a little bit, I'm happy to be a part of that. Yeah, especially when the artwork represents who they are. 
that they're not walking into a gallery with a, you know, paintings by and about a bunch of white men, for instance. So that's great. And then moving forward, can you share with us any upcoming exhibitions or events? Um, you just mentioned like the idea with the pizza night. I know you just had a show open if you want to talk about that. Yes, of course. So uh, we just opened Sonny Bonani, as I mentioned before, with Zanelli Maholi and student at the Maholi Art Institute this past week, which is a great show to have open in the middle of the month of Pride Month. Uh, that show will be up until August 5th. So all the students in the show are Black queer South African students. And in the images, you see some self-portraiture or you might see couples and more tender and loving moments in their lives. The show following that is a textile show by Adonna Tillman. She's based out of Atlanta, Georgia. She's currently in a group exhibition right now at a museum here in the Bay Area as a part of Resting Our Eyes exhibit curated by T and Autumn Brion. So she will have a solo show at the gallery opening, I think it's August 10th, and that will be until the end of September. And then after that, I have a show with Justin Yoon, who is a Korean-American painter based out of Los Angeles, originally, but currently lives in Brooklyn, New York. His paintings are just so magical and fun. The bright colors that you'll see in them, the representation also as him being an Asian painter, which is something that is important to me to show, because I don't see as many Asian artists as I feel like we should be seeing in this space. And while I am a Black person owning a gallery, like I said before, these are important stories for me to show and share. Um, and that opens at the end of September right after Adonis show. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's great. You're jamming. I mean, it, it just, <laughs> I think you have caught the city by storm. And it just, every opening seems to be really positively received. And you're getting a lot of press that um, I think is important. And so I hope it just continued success you. for you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm behind you on all this. So I'm watching you just in awe. And, and it's exciting. I'm going to jump into all the questions that we ask all of our guests. And so okay. the first is okay. your dream dinner guests, dead or alive, as few or as many as you would like to have. Rihanna is my dream dinner guest. And I don't need to have anyone else with Rihanna, just Rihanna and I to talk. I feel like from her statements and fashion, from her songs, from her dancing, from her somewhat laissez-faire attitude, but at the same time, very being very intentional. That is someone I would just love to talk to. And I also would love to know and see the artwork that she collects. Does she have an art collection? I'm sure she does. I'm sort of, I mean, I, she must. She, she must, must, right? And if she doesn't, she should hook up with you. <laughs> exactly. What song is the soundtrack of your life? Oh, that is a good question. Is it awful to quote a Disney song? Because I mean, I feel like A Whole New World from Aladdin would be my song. Just wanting to see and experience all new things in life at all moments. I would say that for sure. You could, you could get Rihanna to sing that for you <laughs> at your dinner party. Tammy, I like how you're connecting all the dots here. I'm into this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then would you serve flat or sparkling at your dinner party? Sparkling, of course. I can pull off sparkling in a champagne glass if I'm not drinking that evening. So sparkling all the way. What social justice cause is most meaningful to you at this moment? I think I would have to say right now, building awareness and also wanting to support the trans community. Um, it's an extension of who I am. It's also something that, as we mentioned before, that is just, it's not great 
for trans people right now. And I would really like to focus on that and how I can support the trans community even more. And then the last question is who your least favorite Supreme Court justice is? Clarence Thomas. <laughs> Clarence Thomas. Yeah, he's a... Uh... It's big in the news these days, so. Yeah, not a fan. Never will be. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for being here, for filling us in on what you're doing. And I just wish you huge success. Keep doing what Thank you're doing. Thank you, Tammy. I really appreciate yeah. you having me. Have a great day. Thank you, you too. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to reach out and let us know your preference for flat or sparkling or anything else you'd like to share, you can find us on Instagram at Bader and Simon Gallery or online at baderandsimon.com where you will find information on current exhibitions and programming. Until next time, have a fabulously artistic day.